I'm ready to 69. Is anyone else ready to 69? No. Wait, what city are you flying to? Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. Uh, not as funny as I was hoping for a bigger city, but I would be funny if that, <laughs> <laughs> if that was a city slogan. It's just no, city you, of 60, city of 69. Like, almost certainly a good setup for uh, an intro bit of Andy talking about being ready to 69 with Colorado Springs, <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> the well, funniest just... city in the world. The 69 capital of the world. Wait, I've got I've got it. I just flew in and boy are my mouth and dicks tired. <laughs> 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 oh god. Oh. Guys, I've been doing 69 all week and my mouth and dick are just worn through. <laughs> Everybody to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. We're an adult podcast about children's cartoons. And this yeah. is this week is a real doozy, a doozy of a of a I guess two weeks. Uh or three, depending mm. on how they release. You know, two episodes. <laughs> Look, you don't need to know how the sausage gets made. It's just feed me, baby. Feed me. I'm a baby bird. And um, <laughs> We watched Mask and Centurions. Uh, they're both about armored dudes with cool cars or cool vehicles or cool about yeah. man and machine and yeah. about one and a half female sidekicks when they're. Yeah, I was about to say it's about it's about it's about hunks and the babes who yearn to be sort of part of the team, part of the crew. <laughs> Sky yeah. land and sea hunks. The glass ceiling's pretty low in these episodes. <laughs> yeah, it really, really is. Uh, no, these are um, these are shows. I feel like that have kind of, again, I mean, we're 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 trying to get around to some of these things that we've been talking about for years, but that just kind of kept squirreling their way around our our wriggling little hands as we reached into the bucket. Well, and it has our. Uh, I feel like our our vibometer has been pretty on point. Um. Mm. These would not fit well into a arc, nor would they have <laughs> been the, a great special in their own right. You know what I mean? No. Like, yeah. The, the, we have we when we come back when we circle around to the uh, to the the Godfathers of Saturday morning children's cartoon intro theme songs. <laughs> Uh, we do it at the right time. I, I, yes. <laughs> but also, we've been watching a lot of quality shows. And you've, if you're a longtime listener, you get at this point that we have to return to abject to the nonsense. Yeah, we got to yeah. go back to, to the, the nonsense dump, dump. Smell the trash yeah, every once like, in a while. Rude Dog and the Dweebs got me real hungry again for that yeah. trash. It was just like, oh, this is what it tastes like. This is what it tastes like. And now, now we're back. And I, I have to say, we have, we've dealt with a lot of cartoon theme songs. We've talked about them a lot over the years. We are currently watching Mask. I think I'm going on record and saying is my favorite '80s theme song of all time. It might be one of the best things ever put <laughs> to music in in all of human civilization. 
It's pretty incredible. I mean, I know Ring Raiders is very much up there, and I think it's Rory not. Would... It's not even in the. <laughs> it's not even in the top hundred. I don't know about that. You got to listen to that again. <laughs> They're faster than crime, Austin. <laughs> okay, you're right. Top evil. Top fifty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh what do we let's see. So so big big picture. These shows were both from essentially almost the same and year. 86, right? Yeah, this is this is the post Transformers post GI Joe era uh when everyone is sort of trying to figure out the right way to grab onto this train. Yeah, and... which is funny because so I feel like Mask it doesn't try very hard to be Transformers. The the toys do transform from vehicle like to, from one vehicle to a different vehicle. No but vehicle the most... stays the same in either of these shows. No, but <laughs> but the most obvious sort of I I you know what I call borrowing, just taken from Transformers with no real effort to integrate it into the story is just uh we're going to have a big red fire truck with uh or you know the semi truck like yep. chassis. Yep. Yep. Well, the ca- mask cab. is a really weird thing because the if you're wondering why the fuck is this called mask, are we ta- are you talking about the Jim Carrey uh the mask animated show which you've already done in a Jim Carrey special? No. The mask animated mm-hmm. series is not this mask animated series. <laughs> this is mask all caps M A S K which Stands Do you know for, what it stands for? I can. Because it I have the stands wiki page for up. Mobile Armored Strike Command with a K. With a K, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and but the reason that they did that crime is because the identity <laughs> of the show is apparently because these these drivers of these transforming vehicles wear masks that are like super masks they they're like uh-huh. they're helmets they're full they're helmets. helmets they're big yeah. helmets they're big helmets that but they couldn't say mask because that was already a show <laughs> well right and also transforming vehicles already has a thing sure and but helmets mask, too long of an acronym the, the masks are kind of nothing <laughs> yeah you know? no they really yeah, they really they, really are full nothing it's very clearly it's kind of like I, you know, it's like if you did a clone of the California raisins and, and it was like sunglass grapes and but you focus on the sunglasses. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like what, so, you know, the sunglasses was not what made the, the, the dancing raisins or the prunes or California. Yeah, it's not what raisins. made them the incredible yeah. American franchise that we know and love and endures today. California raisins. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it's like calling your show sunglasses <laughs> instead of instead of the, the, the fun grapes from California. <laughs> the very, very dry grapes. Point? Have I elaborated enough on why it's on how really on this good metaphor? on how unhappy yeah. I am? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the so mask mask was uh, was a Deke animated series. And then the Centurions, the other show we watched is a. Uh, a Ruby Spears show that was actually mostly animated by a, a Japanese company, which you can totally tell. And both of these shows are wildly toy forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Narrative it's not been light. since, not since maybe visionaries have we had a, a toy forward show quite this intense. Uh, the everything they do is extremely action figurable and yeah. and and there's and 20 vehicles and characters in every episode. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So yeah, th- this is the sort of this is the sort of thing we're about to get into. I think uh, I think we're starting with mask. Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to. Let's fucking do it. Let's drive right in. Everybody, I just want to give a moment here. Like a moment of silence <laughs> for to appreciate the fucking slappinest, bangingest, hip hopinest theme song, Mask. Mask. Uh, that you just listened to. It was so great. Wasn't it? Wasn't it, folks? It was so good. We loved it. We loved it so much. Fuck, uh, it's good. It's so good. And the show isn't, but that's okay. <laughs> it um, is okay. We're talking about Mask Episode 1. We started with Episode 1s for both of these because we didn't know where else to start. And what a, what a beautiful, what a wonderful place to start. Uh, this was called The Death Stone. And the synopsis is painfully short. Venom <laughs> steals a strange meteorite with healing powers using Switchblade disguised as a UFO. Which I feel <laughs> like requires that maybe helicopter? like... Yeah, like Switchblade, like you know the toy that you have, Switchblade. You know, you they know give what this names. Is. They give names to the vehicles like their characters, but they're not. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they, they're not Transformers and they don't have a personality. They're just vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a meteor and it can heal, but can also destroy. It's a good rock and a bad rock. And yeah. the bad guys want it and the good guys want it. And if you're wondering if they elaborate more on how that rock, that a radioactive meteorite does good healing and does danger, <laughs> it they do not they do not clarify <laughs> much at all. It's really quite good, actually. I kind of <laughs> loved that they they explained not even a little bit. There's a there's a sequence where the bad guys have gotten a hold of this rock and they put it next to some seeds. And it they grow and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they cut the rock into pieces and the inside of the rock is open. And then the, the plants all die and they go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just as I expected. It's like a <laughs> big, scary meatball. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, cool. I've learned all I need to know. Uh, yeah, so that's the MacGuffin of, of this very triumphant first episode of Mask. Should we Should we talk about... I guess mask and venom and the people and and like what's even going on as briefly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, venom are the bad guys. They're also an acronym. I do believe that stands for Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem. That's fucking rad, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. and I think and my my biggest complaint is that the bad guys have very little personality and they're, they're led by a they're led by kind of a 
just an empty suit military guy named Mayhem. Some sort of general guy, yeah. And yeah, they, I don't really know what to do nothing, with him. There's nothing happening. Uh, not in what we've seen. It's just like he he he. They're at the right place at the right time, and shout, and until they get hit with lasers, and then they go home. God, which a lot of lasers, you know, you can say for a for a lot of these shows. <laughs> uh, but it's it's just it's exceptionally nothing, you know, especially when we've had, I don't know, bossosaurs and, yeah. you know, a lot of crazy crooks that have, I don't know, personality and catchphrases and things. And, and but, even the show we're going to talk about second, Centurions, has interest, not interesting, but villains no. you remember. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they look like a hobbling refrigerator. <laughs> 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 yeah, these guys are are bullshit. Nothing. Um, uh, the good guys though. So the good guys, and I I did not realize this would be like a repeating segment, but the they get introduced by their like computer AI as the leader. So the leader is Matt Tracker. He's just sort of a generic thick hunk. Uh, he's built like a truck. He's wider than he has any right to be. Those sh- his shoulder can- his shoulders spanned like four head widths. I know we're doing kind of an intro, but can we back up? Because we meet him after a little sequence that I found hilarious. Yeah, let's let's actually ramp up to introducing the characters. Let's let's work up with how the the episode starts. I think that's a good good call. Yeah. So the the meteor strikes, and uh, there's uh, the venom is there undercover. It's they're already kind of there, so it kind of worked for me in that like we don't have to waste a bunch of time watching Mm -hmm. them you know, sort of find out there's a meteor and how they're going to get to it. It's just, they're there. And, but, uh, the, the good guys, the, I guess who are not masked. Cause the girl doesn't know them. It's just a woman. Her name she's is just, professor Stevens. Yeah. So I guess she's just a smart woman who find who goes to meteor crashes and lucked out. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I, I'm a meteor chaser. <laughs> yeah. She's like she's studying a meteor because she has, this magic health cure that she's got planned for the meteor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she, yeah, so she's there in like some sort of full body radiation suit and mask is also there in the suits secretly, uh, which is, which is why they can steal it. So it's kind of, it's kind of, that's kind of the setup. I mean, venom. Sorry, not Ven, not mask venom. Right. They both sound evil. I'm sorry. They both sound evil. But mask anyway, like I mean, despite the one. fact that, that they're there, uh, so kind of, Pays off nothing at this point because she still winds up with the stone and a chase ensues with them after her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's uh, a UFO. Th- th- this will be important later because it's the the it? heart of a of a devious riddle that we have to, <laughs> that we have to solve <laughs> later. Um, but yes, there's a UFO that sort of like draws attention or something, and then yes, and then there's a chase because yeah, it's kind of a kind of a because she's got the rock. Yeah, she's got the rock and and they they really they pull out all the stops really really early. I kind of appreciated that. They or were like here's they our nonsense. The it's well she's animated. She's got some sort of in, she's got intel, I guess, cuz she gives that's what she gives to Mask is that recording that's, device. Yes, she's been videotaping it's, everything. It's sloppy, yeah, but anyways, the the part that's so funny is they're they're chasing her through a canyon and it's partially because of the way I mostly because of the way it's animated. Uh she just fully beefs it into a river and then cut to black. 
Yeah. <laughs> her car her car goes goes 300 feet off a cliff. Yeah. Yes. And just with disappears no, into the water. With zero like subtlety that she like obviously you know what kind of show this is. You know she survives. Um but I expected yeah. I expected some you know, see her wash up on the riverbank or something. Right. But there's yeah. no riverbank because she goes down into a deep ass canyon and just <laughs> yeets straight down to the bottom <laughs> in her car. Yeah. And we have to drop this line. The Venom guys standing up there are like, no one could survive that crash. Too bad. She was a good driver, but not a good diver. <laughs> <laughs> it is so a good line. Stupid. <laughs> yeah um, it, it doesn't telegraph well because it's a purely visual gag but it is it was i laughed no it's great it's great uh yeah and then she wakes she, up unconscious or having been unconscious and rescued by she's just up in mask's bedroom she's in, in benjamin in Matt benjamin Tracker's, masks palatial yeah. estate uh, <laughs> and some of my friends has, found you he also has a survey a full surveillance system that he uses mm-hmm. to talk to her, and it just feels really scummy. Yes. Uh, yes. But she does, she also explains, and I'd like to clip drop this, where she says that... The radioactive power in that meteor is the key to my new life-saving technique. And I <laughs> I love that she phrases it like it's her cool technique. <laughs> like she's got a shotting gun or something. Like she's... <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on Like she's technique. doing the heavy lifting. But it's not just, I don't know, like chemo or something. Like, <laughs> I don't understand, you know, oh, it, it's super dangerous for the people in the wrong hands. But for yeah. me, this is my cool way to save lives. But I've got this really cool technique where I hold it in my left hand and I kind of bend over a little bit and I just sort of, and then you're, then you're good. You're healed right. again. It's, it's very strange the way she talks about it. But I mean, they're trying to keep it vague, but like the vagueness makes it weirder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is uh, also in the mansion where we meet Tracker's child. Uh, uh, you mean Scott? Scott, yes. Scott <laughs> and his robot friend T-Bob. And <laughs> T-Bob and Scott, I have to say, might have the most toxic relationship we've ever seen <laughs> in a cartoon. Yeah. T-Bob just wants to hang. And, and Scott well, wants to be... nothing but terrorize each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in a loveless marriage. <laughs> but Scott wants to just sort of like trip, like fucking trip into into all danger zones, and and he doesn't give a shit. And T Bob's like, I don't fucking like this at all. But then he's yeah. like, go into motorcycle mode, and T Bob has no choice <laughs> Moto, but to obey. Motor scooter, <laughs> yeah, Do motor it scooter. Plug you, you piece of shit. <laughs> but but yeah. imagine imagine Spritel and Chim Chim from Speed Racer. Where, you know, the kid and his monkey stow aboard in in the car in every episode, except this is like, you know, a black ops team and that his kid is just there and they want to like, let's go, boy, let's go on the black ops mission. Yeah. (laughs) And then his friend C-3PO is like, I don't want to. I'm I'm a pussy. (laughs) Do it. Do it, you loser. Do it or you won't have any friends. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, that's Now be my motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ride you into battle. Uh, yeah, so he's got a shitty kid. Um, and this is this is the part that, that cracks me up the most, I think. Uh, apparently, Matt Tracker is the leader of Mask. We also don't really know what Mask is. Are they some sort of NGO? Are they just like 
a boys club that I, I don't really I don't really understand their organization. Well, because we we have one clue because the doctor, what's her name again, Professor Stevens, is like Matt Tracker. I've heard of you. I hope the reports were good. Better than good. You're supposed to help people in trouble, and boy, could I use some help now. Yeah, they help people. He's a known entity. They're basically superheroes. Yeah. And and yet he's not in charge. This computer is definitely in charge because he he sits down and is like, "Okay, computer, what's going on?" And the computer just is like, "Okay, yeah, I analyzed the girl. She's doing fine. And oh, I also analyzed your mission and here's all the staff that I think that you should take with you." Uh this is, and it's like it, the computer's making all the decisions and he just goes, "Hmm, okay." <laughs> it's a very weird choice. Yeah, it's really weird, but but the computer does introduce us to all the characters in this incredible montage uh, where they all get essentially like the bat signal, but it's like uh, uh, they've all got little watches, like wristbands that light up when they're in need, and they're all interrupted in various weird parts of their normal lives. <laughs> yes, yes. I also have to say the 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 robot voice of the computer is so bad. Like, it's just, it's a woman who's clearly trying to sound like a robot. UFO, terrestrial in origin, meteor, potentially lethal in enemy hands, confirmation of enemy, venom, recommended course of action, assemble, mask. It's just the worst one I've heard of of trying to do that. And she does say Brad, Brad Turner, but she yeah, definitely, Brad but I heard it, I played it three times and she does just say Brad Turner. Personnel selected. Brad Turner, motorcycle and helicopter pilot. Brad Turner, Brad Turner. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I just, I'm getting right to the part that I like because a couple of these people are interrupted. It's like, okay, one's playing a concert and he's got to go. He bails in the middle. One's teaching a class and he's got to leave. One is making pizza and he just kind of drops his pizza dough on the ground while someone stares at him aghast and he runs away. Is dusty? Is that dusty? Yeah, dusty, dusty Hayes uh, drops his pizza dough on the ground. And my favorite one is Alex Sector, the computer and comms expert. Uh, because all we see of his life without any context is him seeing the message on his wristwatch and then giving a snake to someone and leaving. <laughs> a large python. <laughs> it just sort of, and wreathes it around someone's neck um, like a garland or something. Okay, I got to um, go. You take this. <laughs> here, you have a, have a snake necklace. I got to go. Like he's snake Santa. <laughs> I don't like I I think I understand maybe he's like a pet store guy or something with animals but like the, yeah, all, we, we don't get there's no oh, establishing like shot. Clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's just time to give a snake to a man like this doesn't feel like a pilot episode they they I mean in a way it does because they do go out of their way to introduce F fucking everything but mm -hmm. as you guys have have sort of uh implied or or stated outright as the case may be uh Zero context is given to most of it. Right. God, I, yeah. I, I I aspire to live a life where if a montage cuts in on me randomly, I'm doing something like giving a snake to somebody. Like <laughs> the one. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the one piece of credit I'll give it is a lot of these shows do not show anything of people's outside life, you know, or if they do, it's something so bland like, oh, I professionally water ski. Or whatever, uh -huh. right? They're just doing yeah. cool extreme extreme sports, Mission Impossible stuff, and not like what, what was that? Oh, uh, th 
what was that CG show we watched with the guy who is the professional extreme sports oh, action guy? Man? But yeah, action man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I, one guy. One guy's just making pizzas. Yeah, one guy does pizza. One guy does the steak. Did <laughs> <laughs> you snake? <laughs> oh, but boy, fuck. it is just—it's a lot of men. It's all men. It's mostly mm-hmm. white guys. Yeah. Um, there are two people of color. There is a guy named Bruce Sato and a guy named Hondo. Uh, yeah, Hondo, Hondo McLean. And if you're wondering if they got voice actors that are of, yeah, the, they're of not. those nationalities, it's the same white guy who does uh, almost every character's voice. Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 an odd one. For for Bruce Sato, they're more doing like a pattern of speech than an accent. Like a, like it's, it doesn't it's a feel weird. Good. It doesn't feel good, but it's like a half. It's like halfway towards an offensive accent, and you're like, oh, uh, my meter. How how high up is this going on my meter? How yeah, mad? The am other I? half, though, beyond the pattern, is the fact that he speaks in riddles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> like rhyming riddles. <laughs> which isn't quite a haiku right but it's no, still no but it, it yeah doesn't it does feel that good. same it 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 serves the same purpose yeah uh, it does. so okay so that's our cast we mostly don't spend any time caring about who is who everybody's just in suits and in vehicles and you kind of can't pay attention no and then they put masks on right so then you don't even know <laughs> yeah. what with who per, who the person is because they sit at like a round table and there's a machine yeah. that like rotates their masks around. And then I was going to say, you can't, head. you can't just say they put their masks on because God sends them down from the ceiling and suffuses them with laser light uh-huh. um, and at their, in their conference room. And then they all just sort of reach out and, and, and gingerly touch their masks and put them on like some sort of fucking ceremony. It is very odd. Uh, and we never learn if the masks do anything. Right. They like, do they kind do of anything? Do, yeah, there's one that the I think it's, like it's even Bruce who has like makes the letters. Right, he's got a telekinesis beam on one of them, I, which is called the lifter beam. And I thought for all the world he said lifto beam, and I was <laughs> very pleased. And then you no, know. close. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 really it's really ridiculous. Um, the the action is. I don't know. I guess I can't say it's poorly animated. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's just it's... stakesless and boring. It, it isn't yes. poorly drawn. It's just like we spend so much of the episode in nonsense, but the it's like chases. It's yeah, right. and it's all vehicle yeah. chases too. Yeah. yeah. So the problem here is that basically the idea is that they discover. Okay, well, okay, before we get there, we have to run up because I, I have to cover this riddle. Um, <laughs> they, the riddle of Bruce. Um, because of that UFO, right? They're trying to figure out the deal and the the woman gave them directions to where the, they could find the meteorite. And Well, they have a, Bruce, they have a satellite that's tracking their radioactivity. Yes. Um, so Bruce says the line... Matt, this is Bruce regarding the spacecraft. If a fish flies, look not for a fish, but a bird inside. And then the guy, the other guy is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then and then Tracker is like, no, you idiot. He ma- It makes perfect sense. There he goes again, Matt. Not making any sense. Makes plenty of sense, buddy. 
Venom obviously used their helicopter inside a phony UFO shell. Way to go, Bruce. What feels almost condescending is where he's like, way to go, Bruce. <laughs> Good <laughs> he's like, riddle, yes, Bruce. it makes perfect sense. Good riddle, Bruce. You've done a great <laughs> job. Like, you... <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, cool. They figured out that there's a helicopter inside. and then It doesn't help think, at all. No, it doesn't help at all. But they go out, and this is where uh, we go back to Scott and T-Bob, mm. who have um, stowed away. And Scott immediately, who's in the back of a truck with a tarp over him, is like, Hey, T-Bob, I, I don't know if stowing away on this mission was such a hot idea. For once, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah you dumb piece of shit because he went into like live fire combat with no plan yeah yeah Scott you uh, can't be here Scott you can't be here the biggest the, the biggest problem that happens here is that Hondo seeing Scott Scott gets like thrown from the truck and he's almost gonna die and Hondo throws himself on top of Scott to save him and Hondo essentially goes into I guess like a coma or something after like taking a bunch of a near death state, I would say. Yeah. He like, there was an explosion and Hondo's almost dead. And so Scott feels terrible. And he remembers the doctor saying that she could use this magical, magical meteor to heal people. And he's like, cool technique. (laughs) Yeah. My, my really neat technique. So he's like, Oh, I gotta go trick. I gotta go find the rock by myself. And so him and T-Bob go off. (laughs) I guess as a little kid, I probably wouldn't have clocked this, but like, it's, it is kind of frustrating to have this guy who's supposed to be guilty, this kid, he's supposed to be guilty about, you know, his antics nearly causing the death of a, of a dear family friend and then being like, you know what I should do more, more of that is leave yeah, right back. Let's fucking learn no lesson right now. Yes. Well, but you know what? I have to say a lot of this reflects more on tracker than it does Scott, right? Mm. Cause Scott should not be here and he should not be able to sneak aboard a car. Uh, during fair. a mission like this kid should be locked down this kid should not have access to what he has access to like i get tracker i get yeah, the, why isn't probably, he in school like tracker you probably have custody for the weekend or something and you haven't figured <laughs> out like where he goes yeah but uh, it is this, not this, here this does create probably my favorite moment in the episode uh scott yeah. does find venom and Basically, Venom has split up the, you know, they cut the rock into three pieces and now they're selling it to, you know, evil countries. Like he has this scenery. He's like, here's a list of all the countries that would love to buy this weapon. And he just has a piece of paper with like a list of evil countries on it. Um, And so he's trying to do these deals. And so they do the smart finds... thing and not show the country names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it does, the USA you know. is one of them. But yeah, you, you know, it is. But but Scott ends up there and he's like, okay, T-Bob, I need you to distract them. <laughs> go risk your life for me because I need to go call. I need to go use a radio and call help. And so T-Bob goes to keep them distracted and he just kind of walks out and starts talking to them. And it's kind of amazing. They they start Love interrogating the chaos him. Here. Yeah. He's just like, uh, hi. And they're like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, Mask? No, I don't know anyone named Mask. I used to know somebody named Marvin, but he doesn't live around here. <laughs> which which is, yeah, easily the best part of anything we watched 
I mean, <laughs> fucking because such a bro. Oh, and the chaos continues in this scene too. And I love just how far they lean into it because Scott suddenly jumps into this helicopter and he's like, Oh, I just need to find a radio. Okay. I called my dad. All right, cool. I got you the info for where all the meteorite pieces are. Now let me just hit, hit a button or something. And then the helicopter starts spinning out under his control, flying and like blowing stuff up. Now this is pod racing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but then the kid jumps out and then tells T-Bob like, Hey, can you drive a, what is it? A truck? Yeah. (laughs) And then they jump into a truck and then suddenly T-Bob is sort of the one driving. Uh, Yeah. And this kid and his bot are in this purely, purely chaotic wild energy that yeah i love it i loved it it was it was it was definitely enjoyable compared to what else was going on which is again more vehicle nonsense uh as they go and they stop these various deals um Uh, yeah and that's that was the biggest problem of the episode right is deciding to split into different places because you lose the whole you lose the stakes you lose the plot it's it's yeah they had too many cast members in this episode though they decided they to do. bring all of Mask. <laughs> yeah. They do everything. There's no stakes because everybody does. There's just a huge number of good guys and they all mm-hmm. do stuff and they do it well. Yeah. However, I mean, however, I, I do want to call attention to a few moves that they pull. Uh, one of which is the hologram projection. Yeah. Uh, they can at one point there's like a missile that's tracking one of the, the flying ships and the guy uses a hologram projection to take a car. And then that car suddenly now as a hologram looks like it's just a regular car, just sort of flying through the air. Mm-hmm. And then it pulls a missile to it, which must not be heat seeking. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the missiles falling that, and then the hologram disappears. And then the missile is going towards an enemy ship and the enemy yells out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Loud, oh no. Oh <laughs> no. Uh, which, and then I think 30 seconds later, another villain does a no, no. Yeah. The same amount of, so we got to drop both of those with gruesome um, death. Oh no! Oh no! I like the one where, uh, where one of our heroes freezes, freezes two human beings alive, uh, yeah. with a freeze ray. That's yeah. fun. He has to be careful not to shatter their fingers. Fucking whatever. We get the they get all the pieces of the stone back. Scott managed to recover one of them, and they're like, "Oh, good job, Scott. You aren't a piece of shit after all." And no. the doctor uses a magic stone. No, no, no. hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, no. The line that Tracker says to his son when he arrives with a piece of the meteor says, "I don't know whether to hug you or spank you." <laughs> That's right. That's a mood. That, that is yeah. a mood. Yeah. <laughs> uh the it's this incredibly sad ending though because they heal Hondo just fine. Uh but then the stone is completely used up. Uh which sucks cuz she was going to heal all disease on the planet with that. <laughs> cool technique. Nice technique. It's uh you can only do it once. Yeah, thanks cool. thanks to Scott for dooming the entire <laughs> human race. <laughs> <laughs> Scott faces uh, no no repercussions except maybe the threat of spanking from his father. Uh, mm. 
you know what? I don't love this. I don't love this dynamic. I don't know. I mean, getting is getting spat is getting spanked by Matt Tracker really a punishment? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Um <laughs> No, do you if you think about it <laughs> if you think about it, do you do you think that Scott and his toxic relationship with this robot is like a reflection of what he gets or sees? You know, oh, like how dad. negative yeah, he is. That's fun. Or if he's like seeing what the home life was like. Do you think your need to see deeper meanings in mask is a reflection of anything inside <laughs> you? Mask. <laughs> my, my, my mask. mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. We- well, speaking of child endangerment, the, the, the sailor says here is like, we see, uh, God, if Scott, yeah, Scott. Scott playing baseball with his robot with T-Bob, T-Bob, and the ball rolls into traffic, and so he runs out after it until his his father tells him, "No, hold on, there, sport. You can't just <laughs> run into traffic. You got to look both ways." <laughs> now back to running headlong into adult missions. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, which yeah. is other cartoons are guilty of too. The kid goes on wild adventures, but then for the sailor says, "You kid should run child. With scissors, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's jumping out of helicopters. But <laughs> <laughs> be careful with your baseball. Whoa! What's this? What are we doing here? This is this is a that that was a different music cue we haven't heard in months and months. This is a Patreon mid roll. We're here to talk to you about Patreon. I, I love know Patreon. you love that. I go there all the time. Yeah, actually, no. Yeah. We're gonna we're, we're gonna derail this really quick. Austin, I need you to tell us every weird person you support on Patreon. I follow a lot of soup Patreons, but I'm not gonna dox them right now. <laughs> Do they send you soup? <laughs> yes, yeah, no, no, no. No, they're soup content creators, and they do different soup techniques, and I gotta pay different tiers to find out what's going on. Rory knew it. Rory had it. The frustrating uh, part about this is that I I can't tell. There's no possible human way to know if he's joking, uh, because it's so plausible and also so comical. I'm paying thirteen dollars a month to learn some guy's potato leek recipe. Fuck, that's crazy. And you know what? $13? That's bigger than any of our tiers. Everything we've got for you is cheaper than that. And and That's true. And Austin's only getting soup out of his, so I think we're yeah. a pretty good well, deal. Well, you can't eat our content, so... No, but I mean, it nourishes seems... the soul, Rory. <laughs> no, certainly. I, I Look, I'm not being one of those self-deprecating artists. I just mm-hmm. think... Cards on the table. <laughs> Food has value. <laughs> soup? Soup's worth it, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So, basically, cards on the table again. If you like us and you want to support us, uh, please, please consider heading over to Patreon and throwing us a few bucks a month. Uh, There's some rewards. Very candidly, we have been uh, going through about 12 different phase of life changes over the course of this year, whether it's traveling countries or getting new jobs or switching jobs or... 
who the fuck Spending knows? Spending all of our and, time with that job. Uh, <laughs> right. So we uh, our, our content production got a little slow. We didn't charge for one of the months this year because we recognized it. But it's kind of just like we got to get this train back on the tracks. And it is still moving, as evidenced by this episode you're listening to. Uh, and and the every every little bit of support helps. Even if even if you don't subscribe to the Patreon and you just like send us a nice little message or whatever, like we like that too. Send but, a mail us soup. Mail us a soup. Tell us about your favorite soup. I actually would really like that if someone. Uh, yeah, came actually, on yeah. If you want to go to iTunes, you can leave leave a comment. Just leave a soup recipe. That's fine. Yes. Oh my god. It helps yeah, us. And you don't have to charge for it. No. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I want to formally. I want to formally declare. I want soup recipes in our iTunes comments. That's what <laughs> yeah. you can do for us. <laughs> gets us higher up the algorithm. Five stars us... uh, and a five star soup. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Uh, the links in the description of the of every episode, you can find our Patreon. I want to highlight one thing we've been doing over the last year. We've started doing slowly is that uh, Rory's been introducing us to some of his more stanky adult animes that have uh, some depth to them. Please, uh, you and have been, to qualify that this yeah, is not you can't hentai. say stanky adult anime. It, what I what he means is uh, you know content that's a little bit uh, like if you turned this on on Saturday morning, you'd be furious. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Remember it's... when uh, in video stores when they used to sell DVDs and Blu-rays and HD DVDs, and and then in the hentai section they'd have these like blockers that covered the 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 front labels. Do you ever see those? Yep. Like at Fry's, um, this this is not that. No. Thank you, adult <laughs> anime. This is this is like it's about prison cool, reform. Mature, adult anime without yeah. porn usually so usually so we've done we've done a couple episodes uh just for patreon with that uh and there's a backlog of of other exciting uh patron only content that you'll get if you join at at least the five dollar level the rest of it i'll let you go discover on the website in the meantime i want to make sure that we call out our newest patron eddie thank you so much for joining you're a you're a, a rock star and uh Thanks, and eddie. i believe I believe you may be our youngest fan. I can't know that for sure, but I'm pretty sure you came into our comments and implied that you were Gen Z. And I love the idea that we've broken into Gen Z somehow. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, Teach us you your know. fun, cool words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we like we like you and we like all of our patrons. Thank you for sticking sticking it out through all the trouble times and, and this year and and yeah, that's that's everything we have to say. We appreciate you. Yeah. We have a Patreon. Look, support if you can, if you love us, if you enjoy the bennies, you know. If you can't, if you can't hit the tears, that's okay. We're not gonna cry. No. We are we're gonna cry. We are we are gonna cry. But we won't cry publicly. We won't publicly we won't <laughs> we won't publicly cry because we're gonna be brave. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta get out of this segment fast. Let's go. In the near future, Doc Terror and his cyborg companion hacker unleash their forces to conquer Earth. Only one force can stop this evil, a handful of brave men. In specially created exoframes, they can be transported anywhere to fuse with incredible assault weapon systems beam down from the space station sky vault, becoming man and machine power extreme. Max Ray, Brilliant Sea Operations Commander. 
Jake Rockwell, Rugged Land Operations Specialist. Ace McLeod, Daring Air Operations Expert. Whatever the challenge, they are ready. The Centurions! All right, here we are. It's the other side. It's the other side of the coin. It's the Centurions. Episode one. And I want to say you probably have heard a bit of the premise of this show already now, because doesn't this have one of those expository <laughs> intros? Yeah, I'm sure you've gotten the whole rundown. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll cover it. So this mm. is this is the sky is on fire. Uh, the, this, the, I think they, they started this show with like a five episode miniseries before it got picked up as like a full show, uh, which is interesting to me because this doesn't. It doesn't seem like a miniseries. It doesn't, this isn't like leading into more content afterwards. This is a very self-contained episode. Uh, so this is, here's the synopsis. The Centurions are taken to a special facility where they are developing a device known as a cryogenic ray, which will cool down even the hottest of objects. But Doc Terror covets the cryogenic gun and has hackers steal it for him. With the cryogenic ray in his possession, he sends out flying robots to set the Van Allen radiation belt on fire, which will cause a firestorm and raise Earth's temperatures to the point where all life forms will become extinct. The Centurions must stop Doc Terror and retrieve the cryogenic ray before it's too late. Yeah. Already more stakes than could possibly have been found in that mask episode, but uh hmm. but also the most like belabored plot <laughs> described in about 20 seconds mm-hmm. in the episode, but we'll we'll get there. Um I want I want to begin. Well, I don't know. How do we do we we cover do we cover the groundwork? Because there's really not a lot going on in Centurions. It's three guys. It's it, just three it's, dudes. It's three dudes that are air, sea, and sky. Or nope, sorry, nope. air, air, <laughs> land, and air, land, and sea. Ah, <laughs> you got it. And they uh, just all sort of specialize. It's kind of like a. Th- it's like three Aquaman, but they all sort of have <laughs> a very specific. I look. I only do domain stuff. I only I'm do Aquaman. Air stuff. I'm Aquaman. <laughs> and I'm, I'm flock, shit. I flock, didn't have a third one. Flock, Flockla man. Flockla man. <laughs> no, but they do have they do have appropriate names. I will say so. The 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 sea guy, the sea operations commander, is Max Ray, eh, like a manta ray or something. Uh, cool. We've got the we've got the land guy, Jake Rockwell. Okay, okay. And then the air guy, Ace McLeod. Cool. Which is just, <laughs> nice job. You didn't you didn't think about that for more than two seconds, I guess, did you? Um, you hate to see it, but it, it, I guess it's nice that there's only three guys, though they're very hard to tell apart for most of right. this episode. Well, me. except except the blue guy Ace, who is basically mm-hmm. the Harvey Weinstein of the Centurions. <laughs> um, he's a problem. He's a huge problem. Um, his like most defining trait is being a womanizer. Yeah. Uh, misogynist and that's just so fun so him. fun well what is it what is it he says like because they they the, early in this episode they get greeted by a, a a lieutenant who's a woman and she yeah the admiral's assistant you have to be ace mcleod your reputation has preceded you whatever you've heard is all true 
but there is a fun line, whatever her name is. Is it? Do you guys remember her name? Was it like Carol? Uh, Susan. It's Susan, Susan Smith. Yeah, Susan. Because Susan, she... use your laser. Susan, use your laser. <laughs> yes, uses her laser later. <laughs> I love Susan. Use your laser. So good. That's got good mouth. That's got good mouth feel. I like it. That can go into the intro. <laughs> Susan, use your laser. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's kind of percussive. Um, no, I. So there's there's those guys. They're our main characters. They're we'll get more into their technology in a minute. And then we've got bad guys. We've got Doc Terror and Hacker. Uh, his sort of, I don't know, his dumb assistant. And these two are among Monsters. the more frightening. Ghoulish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though they're drawn pretty cartoonish, uh, there's some pretty decent body horror there. Like they mm-hmm. have these, they've had their arms, re- one of their, their arms are both replaced with like, you know, these are pneumatic <laughs> yeah. sort of. Little fire hose, little, yeah, and, and they, little like, mechanical nubbins. They yeah. don't have a hand on one of them, presumably so they can screw on weapons when they want to go uh-huh. fight. But like they're just using the nub to pound the keyboard <laughs> while they're at their base. <laughs> you know, they're the, wider um, than a person should be. Too yes, their heads yes. are off center. <laughs> yes, so you know those refrigerators that have two doors and then like a, a chest one smaller freezer at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like if you put a head on the t- on top of one side of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't fucking understand these character designs. They sort of Jack hobble Kirby. around. Yeah. Hey, Jack yeah, Kirby. Oh, what the Can fuck you... are you doing? Yeah, Jack Kirby was apparently a creative consultant, design consultant of some kind. They, it says, I believe, designs and concepts by Jack Kirby and Gil Kane, both major comic book artists figures and you can clearly see kirby in the uh the like in the demon the dark shadows and <laughs> well i was thinking more like i i'm i mean this is getting a little bit into our other our our, our sibling podcast the infinite backlog but watch uh it? we read um we read the original eternals and like the designs for like the the celestials and stuff are very sort of like there's lots of weird like robot lines all over them and they're extremely like one color primary color things like the all of these armors and like these characters feel very much like those like extensions of that kind of idea they're 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 very bright colors like doc terror is all one red (laughs) the actual animation sort of draws draws this down a little bit um but the suits when they're actually flying around doing battle, kind of cool. They are cool. They're very cool. I don't, uh, I don't think they're cool. Again, like I said, the, the animation kind of makes them kind of corny. But I liked, I liked some of the scenes, at least as you know, little, uh, free, you know, uh, still images. I mean, I think the funny thing is that these guys have hard points on their armor that are just empty holes for where the pegs go in yes. for toys. <laughs> I mean, yes. they're just. You know, normally you don't have to draw that part. Like you can just have them attached. But no, no, the peg holes are part of it. Yes, the toys (laughs) were designed first. There's no doubt about that. You know, like well, and honestly, though, I remember back to the kinds of cool action figures I liked the most when I was a kid, and I remember getting some like you know 
maybe specific kind of like Batman. I was going to say action figures. Yeah. Yeah, They kind of ruin it. Right. With like, with like a mech armor that you could like attach on top of like other shit. I remember like the attaching part was like very appealing to me. I was like, Oh, it's like one thing. And then you can like attach the things on. And it's kind of like another. I I go the other way. I thought that they kind of took a lot of the, they took me out of the, out of the, out of the fantasy to have an action figure full of holes. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. So I can see why designing the, them with holes, you know, then then they're tech. That's technically canon. It's not. Imagine it's not a good. man with holes. Um, <laughs> no, but what the main the main thing here, the main thing that they do is they are constantly like to the detriment of the plot. Sometimes they are constantly switching loadouts of like yes, what weapons and attachments that they have, and and so they're constantly, you know. Getting new shit it's, into those holes, you know, filling like those tanks that, different ways. It's like watching a Counter Strike game. It's <laughs> <laughs> also, can you can you explain how they get their new attachments? Yes, yes, there is a a, a, a satellite called the Sky Vault, I believe, if I'm not completely yeah. mistaken. And up there is a woman named Crystal, and yes. they uh, call her up on the phone and they say, "Hey, hey, Crystal, can you get me the sugar, uh, sugar lip?" Hey, sugar lips, could you could you send me down that that cool weapon system with a cool she name? She shoots it at him. Yeah, she's like done, and like robot arms grab the pieces, and then they kind of turn into lasers, and the lasers shoot down from the satellite, and now they've got the the bits, and we sort of uh, do sorry. a really brief sailor sailor moon transformation as they who else, who else is up there with Crystal? Oh, you mean uh, Crystal's <laughs> monkey friend? <laughs> who I think is named what? Crystal's Lily? orangutan Lucy. Lucy, yeah. <laughs> Lucy, who has like a perm, she basically has the Rachel haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Crystal, it appears, Crystal's whole job is to sit up there and wait for the phone call so that she can press the button to send them their next uh, action figure loadout set. And they do it a lot. Like a lot, a lot, because every every moment they're like, oh, well, I'm about to swim. Uh, hey, Crystal, can you send me my really cool water stuff? Uh, yeah, hold on. OK, here's your water stuff. Oh, sick. Oh, I need to get back out of the water. Can you send me my really cool land shit? And she's like, got you, boo. And like, <laughs> it's it's constant. This show is really weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other weird thing, right, is is it's the Aquaman problem where. They all have to use their own specific domain ability to get out of whatever jam they're in, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so it's like the water guy can't do land or air stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, when she, yeah. when they what would happen? How much would break down if the water guy called and was like, "Yeah, why don't you send me that fucking air Can stuff?" I just get a she's jet. Like, <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, here's a jet." And then the air guy's like, "Come on, what?" And he's like, "Yeah, the jet fits on my peg holes too." We've got the same holes. <laughs> Boy, isn't isn't that the truth? <laughs> All men truly have the same holes. <laughs> um. Okay. So we gotta. Sorry. Okay. So the so the plot here. Um. The three of them arrive in in Oceania. You know, in this sort of beautiful land that they're not there on vacation. They're there for work, and they get immediately greeted by. Susan, this admiral's assistant, and that is immediately when Ace goes, Sweetheart, fate must have sent you. <laughs> you do not know this woman. No, you do not, not know at her. All. You cannot call her sweetheart. This is gross. Um, 
Yeah, and that's when she talks about like, oh yeah, I've heard about you. Yeah, they've definitely mm-hmm. warned me about you. Um, and they go into this fact to this place to see the cryo laser, this like top secret cryo laser that can freeze anything mm-hmm. and turn the Empire State Building into an icicle. Right. And they give Susan a laser, I guess, to demonstrate setting something on fire and then freezing it. And that is, I guess, when the uh, hacker comes in yeah, and springs hacker. this hacker springs this trap. It's not really a trap. He just shows up and says, Susan, <laughs> use your laser. Susan, use your laser. And um, <laughs> and then they go to steal the cryo ray. Now, oh, I want you to drop and, that oh, sound oh, clip yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Susan, yeah. use your laser as, as often as possible. But Susan also <laughs> reveals herself to not be Susan. She has wearing a wig, and she is actually Doc Terror's daughter, Amber. Oh no! Yeah, um, she's Cybron's daughter here for Sky Surfer <laughs> One. No, sorry, wrong show. Why is it okay. always? Why is it always their daughter? Know, Bad guy's right? got a daughter who's hot. Doc Terror had sex one time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> who, who fucked that rectangle? <laughs> it's like that's really like, a good time. It's like when a refrigerator has the like little water, little water <laughs> and ice stuff in the refrigerator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, do you want crushed or cubed? <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think, me, daughter thing, <laughs> I think the daughter thing is because if there's a woman on the villains team, it feels like she needs to be there for a reason. Oh yeah. That's, you know, uh, like she can't just be there feels right. because she's also evil. They're like, they got to give her like, because it's a family obligation, I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure, 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 sure. I don't know. Although for the record, I did like Cybron's daughter. I thought they had a fun. Yeah. Dynamic. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this is Sky Surfer this Strike is... Force is clearly a much better show than both of these shows. Yes. Um, but I, my question is of many questions here, but Amber has been undercover with the Admiral with the testing of this cryo beam for. Yeah, couldn't she have just taken the laser? As long as, yeah, as long as it's been a development, I guess. She's been, she didn't show up today, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and she's and also, there... why, why do they need to steal the laser then? Because she's probably been around enough to like have the plans that's a great <laughs> point um well no the reason is so that they don't have it mm, yeah, right that's true that's true the good guys won't have the laser um but i yeah my question yeah it's like why does she wait until the centurions are there to steal it, mm-hmm. it yeah it's it doesn't it's it's dumb um the other dumb part is the once they escape with it, the A to B to C, I try to write down all of the notes here of Doc Terror's plan because he he he's sending. No, warheads. no, it's really well thought out. I'm, okay. I I challenge he's sending, you. He's sending yeah, he's going to cook the earth and then he has space the antidote particles. to hot earth. He's turning space <laughs> particles into fire to create a firestorm that will make raise the earth's temperature uh, so hot that it will melt all life all plant and animal life on the planet and then well, that's he can kind of the end some... goal he does a lot of waxing about how it's just gonna be pretty uncomfortable for a while <laughs> and you're gonna and you're gonna <laughs> hate it you're gonna be so upset <laughs> well it's because like bro you're on this planet too yeah but he's like a it's, robot he'll be fine it, or whatever it's, it's gonna be so hot 
like within like, the normal range, but pretty hot and not fun. It's good. <laughs> that that trip you by took to laser, Phoenix that one by time. My cold laser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I don't understand is. So what I'm trying help me remember he's ransoming it for control of the world, right? Like that's the idea. He wants unconditional surrender uh, from, I guess, the all world governments or from the UN or something to say we United States president, maybe. Yeah, but he wants a full surrender. So if his goal is to rule the world. He kind of pivots pretty quickly after he gets mad randomly to destroy the world. And those feel antithetical. Like, yeah. if you want to rule the world, why are you just maybe slightly less, but also maybe closely to equal happy to just kill everyone? Like, yeah, yeah, that's bad. That's he's bad. Also, now you're gonna be he's, lonely. His ransom of asking for unconditional a contract, an unconditional contract of surrender from from I guess the world uh, or the U.S. president or some guy. Um, <laughs> in what way is that legally binding? Yeah. In what way? No. Oh, we signed a document, so we did officially surrender all control of the Earth to Doc Terror. So when he uses the cryo ray to extinguish the fire in the asteroid belt, well, we, we have to just, be. It's honor, Austin. Yeah, we could just take backsies. Like, there's nothing <laughs> that goes against the refrigerator's code. <laughs> <laughs> against the terms and service, the, the warranty. <laughs> yeah, Maytag would be up our fucking ass. <laughs> Look, I, I it doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, especially because so so they do prepare this surrender document, right? I'm not sure when the switcheroo happens, if it's before we saw everything or like in the middle. But essentially, the centurions are there and the president's like, I mean, I got to do it. We got to surrender. It. It's not legally and, binding, but yeah, I mean. I... <laughs> and Doc Terror gets the president on board his spooky ship and. It turns out the president was actually Max Ray in a president mask. <laughs> Wearing and the his suit underneath the, yeah. the president suit and the skin, <laughs> the full body skin mask. Yeah. And some combination of noticing the centurions following him and then also having the president be like, you know, face off a truck. <laughs> like he's huge. Yeah. Like he, then he's like, oh, well, you can just live in a hot earth then. Fuck you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, uh, and then they, you know, he runs off and he's still got the laser and they and they, well, uh, they haven't won. What was the purpose of this plan? Because, yeah. because <laughs> yeah. Max, Max is in this suit with the, with the briefcase, with the surrender form, and he's in his plane. He's in his, his Doc Terror's evil villain dirigible, Zeppelin, whatever. And... <laughs> And serves up the paper as as it should be. And then he realizes that he's Max, but Max doesn't doesn't like blow him up or do any sort of like offensive maneuver to stop anything happening. No. Nope. And and then Doc Terror opens a, a trapdoor directly beneath <laughs> his feet into he's the like, sky oh, fuck, below. You caught me in a president suit. Oh. oh damn, I'm right under the the perfectly placed trap placed trapdoor. Um which I say because yeah. there will be another another trapdoor. There <laughs> will be another one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's there's some hand waving here, but Crystal decides to be useful, and she figures out that the only place that on Crystal's Earth that always he could, useful, I will say, she's extremely useful. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, the only place on Earth that 
he could possibly activate the cryo ray to stop this horrible space fire is the mountains of Tibet. Mm hmm. And only an American boy sees these. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. I don't know. This is weird. Um, but yeah, so then they all go to Tibet. And yes, then, then there's they another find a perfect castle. trap door. Yeah, so they, they find a castle, I guess, in the mountains of Tibet. And the the second they climb up a wall, they get punched by by hacker. And then, yeah, then disappear into another hundred foot trapdoor that was <laughs> i guess again in just such perfect placement yep for an ancient tibetan castle um and then they're they're stuck in prison they have to like macgyver their way out with the bed springs and a, a lightning strike of the bed yeah, spring really bad opens the door god it is so it's so rough to talk about this this is this this series of events is so I don't know. I, I guess it it it, it starts feeling really poised, pointless. Well, it, yeah, that too, because it also feels like fever dream because none of the quips make sense. It's all mm. it's just they have they have a lot of things that take the shape of a quippy line. Yeah, this but is where I felt the most kind of the 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 less kind touch of Jack Kirby here was a lot of people saying what they're doing as if this was a drawn comic that needed exposition <laughs> yeah, instead I mean, of an animated thing where I can clearly see what they're doing. He almost yeah. certainly didn't write this. But, no, I know. I but mean, it, it, but just, he it felt involved. like an old comic in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But there's one where he says, uh, where, where I think Max or Ace or whatever says, oh, they're playing the old divide and conquer game with four jokers in the deck. They're playing the old divide and conquer game with four jokers in the deck. <laughs> and I don't, there were two of them. And I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know what that it's, means. It's, it's like, a like a boomerism line. Yeah. <laughs> the dominoes will fall like a house of cards. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> also, as a side note, there, the, 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 the system that gets sent to the land guy is called the wild weasel. Yeah. And yep. So there's a line of like computer beam wild weasel to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> you better hope the computer doesn't get confused. Send Jake the wild weasel. <laughs> yeah, because all the other I'm looking at them right now, uh, at least the ones in the wiki, all the other names of these uh, weapon systems are pretty cool. They're like fire force or depth charger or skybolt. And then there's wild weasel. <laughs> wild weasel. And then there's an they, they I guess they they save the day or whatever, um, because you know, uh, Doc Terror just sort of has a tantrum, and leaves the leaves the cryo ray and goes downstairs, yeah, <laughs> and, and hides and blows up the mountain. Uh, and then the ending is something about somebody's papa's chili. No, no, no. I have? You, you skipped the best part. You've skipped the absolute chili. best part. Okay, this part, is, this is the part that brought me right back onto the episode. I was like, okay, it's hilarious. They, f they need to fix this, this, uh, this fucking fire in the, in space because it's going to apparently go as high as 180 degrees before fizzling out. And of course, everything will die by then. Uh, so Ace takes the laser and he gets his like orbital stuff so that he can go up into space and he shoots the planet a lot. 
he just takes the gun and he just goes pew, 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 down at the planet. And Crystal's watching from the space station as he just shoots Earth a lot. And she goes, Lucy, I think he's done it. <laughs> and it was beautiful and fucking stupid. <laughs> Can we talk about Pappy's Chili? Yeah. Tell me about Pappy's Chili. Yeah. What? Some guy comes in. One of the three. It's Jake. Jake. It's okay. Jake Rockwell. Jake, Jake is saying, hey, guys, I'm, I made my my pappy's famous chili recipe <laughs> and everybody's like no i don't think so in celebration of dark terror's defeat chili just like my pappy used to make you ain't tasted nothing hotter uh it really looks swell but i'll settle for a glass of water cold water Mm, yeah, because which I which I prefer. He's the water guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, because everyone's like, oh, we just saved the world from getting too hot. Nobody wants chili. Uh, fuck. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I didn't. It was it's too not, it was too goofy for me to not for me yeah, to connect not, it into the plot. It doesn't really yeah. scan. No. Nope. Um, and even his dog doesn't want the chili. The dog. Yeah. That we oh, just there's a dog. So exist. there is a dog that is just <laughs> in scenes that they don't really call attention to. I mean, that's the same with Lucy the monkey too, right? Like Lucy will just she's be She's completely scene. un she's completely unlike un, explained or uncommented yeah, on. Just a fucking monkey. And they don't talk, which is great actually. It, it is. It's great that neither the dog or the monkey talk, but they are just sort of heavily featured, just mm-hmm. kind of appearing. They're not doing shtick. They're not like, you know, having a C plot or tripping over stuff or getting into the um, makeup or getting, you know, getting into the marshmallows <laughs> or whatever. They're just like, they're just around. Yeah. I think in the, in the context of how we've been talking about uh, crystals, crystals monkey, uh, <laughs> one might, one might think we're talking about some kind of silly little helper monkey. She has an orangutan, right? Yes. A great ape in space. Yep. With a bird. Yep. With a hairdo. Yeah. 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 It's it's astonishing. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Wrap up. That's one hundred percent it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's, let's, let's talk wait, wait. about it. No, we got to say our thing that we go to the wrap up. Power extreme. <laughs> the catchphrase that's so good in the show. Power extreme. <laughs> Susan, use your laser. Susan, use your laser. When I take us back to the wrap-up, it's fun to return to sort of our silly little uh, intro shtick. Mm-hmm. I don't know I can... I can, I don't think I can take us higher than where we are. Mm. Uh, th- we've just spent an hour in nonsense soup, and I'm a little bit... You know. I'm winded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we yeah. are too. Yeah, we I mean, how do you how do you have a you know, how do you come back down from becoming man and machine power extreme? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I it's I don't like, really know. Yeah. Um these are these are wild. They're I don't you know, usually the uh the nonsense trash I like to recommend. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh with the with the exception of the ones we're going to watch next week, I don't know that I would say you need to watch either of these episodes to have to share in the laughs with us. No, probably not. Yeah, we and and 
I think that bears out with our experience of... Oh, for sure. Yes. But generally, our experience of episode ones, I think, uh, has lent itself towards this sort of feeling. Like the... Yeah. You know, I mean... These did not have strong episode one energy, though. I mean, this was... This felt like we were purely in the bullshit that the show is supposed to Mm -hmm, be. mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that does remind me, though. I do want to mention this fun factoid about uh, Mask. Okay. Which, so a total of 75 syndicated episodes over two seasons were broadcast from 85 to 96. The first season consisted of 65 episodes. The second season, whose theme centered around auto racing instead of crime fighting, crime fighting lasted only 10 episodes. Um, so they just pivoted to a, like a car racing show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess it did not it did not take uh, for some reason. Wow. Which seems bizarre to make that well, choice. My my little tidbit about mask that I that I could share here at the at the end is that there is still theoretically maybe a film being made. <laughs> yeah, a cinematic universe that they sort of tried to <laughs> the pay Hasbro their way into. Cinematic make universe. Happen. I can't that's not um <laughs> Yeah, because I can't really comment on that as a Hasbro employee, but Hasbro is trying to make Micronauts, G.I. Joe, Visionaries, Mask, and Rom the Space Knight all sort of play nice together in a universe of films. And who knows if they'll make it happen, but I can, Mask is I can maybe say... the only one that I'll go to see in the theater mm-hmm. if they put it out. <laughs> they were trying to make that happen. They were trying to do like a, the universal monster verse, right? With the. Uh huh. With, I guess, G.I. Joe and Visionaries and Mask and stuff. <laughs> um, that was 2015 when when everybody had to get themselves a cinematic universe. Yes. Uh, the last we've heard about any of that was 2020. Yep. February, so actually, who knows? 28th, February 28th, 2020. Uh, <laughs> and I think that when was the world probably, looked, looked, looked very when different. The world <laughs> looked so bright. <laughs> Um, and who knows, maybe it'll still happen. Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light. The movie. I'd go. Fuck, I'd go. I, I, I'd, you, I'd... Oh, are you kidding? We'd be there. <laughs> We'd be there in the parking lot with your microphone recording our thoughts as soon as possible. God. Okay, well, hope for a future with that in it. And I guess for now, we'll see you next Tuesday. Woo!